Welcome back to this episode of And That's What You Missed on Glee. I'm Dalton. Uh, and I'm Zach. Hi. Hi. Is this thing on? Yes. And um, we have a special guest that I'm going to bring in in just a minute. But I do have a pitch correction from the last episode, which is about laryngitis. Uh-huh. That, that was the last episode title, correct? Yes, but we also didn't really know what laryngitis was at the time. Oh, uh, you've spoken to a doctor. I have. Um, oh, dear God. Dr. Doctor, MayoClinic.org says that laryngitis is the inflammation of your voice box from overuse, irritation, or infection. So we know that, you know, Rachel talks a fucking lot. So that's probably what happened. Sure. Also, what you gave that kid last night when he was screaming so often. Oh, my God. Already at the sex comments. <laughs> there it is. It doesn't take long to get there on this show. Oh, we hate when it takes long to get there. Yikes. All right. One minute in and it's uh, <laughs> it's a whole different show. A whole <laughs> different show. Now I see there's two active listeners on top of our screen. Oh, look at that. There I we know. go. Hey. I see. What? Hey. Come on. I know everything. <laughs> Um, so Megan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Uh, Zach and I are happy to have you. I'm happy to be here. Megan, I don't know who you are, but you're so attractive on camera and <laughs> I, I really love this cactus in the background. Oh, thank you. My little desert species tapestry. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I gave Megan a little bit of warning that this is the opposite of a child friendly podcast. Um, yes. Yes, yes, he did. I'm excited. It depends on what you want your kid to grow up to be. Do you want them to be a competent, uh, hilarious adult or a, uh, you know, prude? Oh, obviously the first one. (laughs) Absolutely. Don't want a prude. And I guess I will introduce. Throw the whole child away at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Take it back. Take it back. Who wants kids anyway? Gross. Um, (laughs) And I'll introduce everyone to how Megan and I know each other. We've known each other for probably 10 years, I would say. It's almost. been a long time. Um, we became friends in high school. And at the time, Glee was on, right? And I think Megan was probably the only other person I knew who was, like, actively watching Glee. It yeah. might have been more of a Gleek than I was. <laughs> probably. I was obsessed with Glee. Like, I think I watched it. I made people watch it because I was like, no, Glee's on tonight. Sorry. (laughs) See, it's a thing. And um, I think just for forewarning, Megan, Zach hates uh, Corey Monteith and (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) I'm so offended, like to my core. (laughs) He's a waste of a character. And luckily lately, he hasn't been the focal of the show, which has made the show a lot better. Actually, I don't even know if Corey Monteith was in this last episode. Um, it's he like, was he was in for like two seconds. They showed him, and they're like, "Oh, this is your dreams," and he's like, "Oh, that's it." <laughs> right. Uh, but I think if I remember correctly, Megan has a photo with him. I do. I met him before he passed away, and I literally I remember I was sitting in bed and I found out the news that he had passed away, and I literally started sobbing and I was staring at the picture and I was like. <laughs> I think we all have that one celebrity, though, where that's happened to us. It's affected us in some way. Uh, Dalton, please tell us. Go ahead. Search the recesses of your brain. Who was that person for you? Oh, I think if Demi Lovato died, I would, like, become shambles. But, I mean, even when Naya Rivera died, I was, like, very affected by it. Yeah, literally just watching this episode, I was like, like, half the cast is not 
myself here anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's very sad. It is. Very, uh, so much so that Naya's, uh, I sent this link to Dalton the other day, but Naya's house is for sale. And oh. if we were to start a Patreon, I think there would be a tier <laughs> or it'd be like, get us Naya's house. And, then you can and it's all... just a million dollars to enter. <laughs> Exactly. And it's really yeah, just like a podcast so recording podcast space. Can just exactly. be better. Yes. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. You hear yeah. those echoes? Yes. <laughs> hear those echoes? It's because we're in Naira Rivera's house. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And See? Megan, uh, Zach and I met while we were working in California together. And uh, I was just telling Megan, we actually were in LA like the day that it closed down. <laughs> we were just chilling there, getting brunch and Governor Newsom was like, okay, so the state is shutting down. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, that was a rough day. That was like, I was working and we're all just sitting there and I was like, are we going to close? Like, are we going to, are we going to close? And my manager was like, no. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then also I remember my roommate was going to Jamaica like two days before and I was like, you're going to get stuck there. And he went and he got stuck there (laughs) (laughs) and just never came back home. Like he's living with his parents in Missouri. Like (laughs) it just never happened. (laughs) Wow. Um, And I guess let, you can let the people know where, where do you live? You know, Zach's in Indiana. I'm in DC. Okay. I'm in Orange County, California. It's not the best place to live during a (laughs) pandemic. It's a very red county. I was gonna say I would say that Zach and Indiana can kind of understand, mm-hmm. and then me and DC, where we just got you know insurrectionists in our backyard the other day. So <laughs> seriously, but at least well, at least I that. watched that on the news, and I'm like, oh, I'm safe here. Like no one's <laughs> no one's gonna jump to me. Didn't you guys have the that one? Was it the mayor? She was like, Hitler got one thing right. <laughs> Oh, uh, I think that's, is that, uh, not it's Missouri, Chicago? Illinois? I think it's Illinois. Oh, it's, it's Chicago. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Apparently the mayor of Close Huntington Beach, yeah. <laughs> in the middle, middle of the country, you know. Lima, um, Ohio, it's the same thing. It's all the same. You guys are one big state, sorry. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. We okay. go to Kings Island sometimes. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> um, apparently the mayor of Huntington Beach went to this like domestic terrorist protest yeah like literally they were like oh yeah like half of huntington beach also the mayor of huntington beach and i was like are we gonna we're gonna get rid of him though right like (laughs) yeah you can't hold office anymore right that's what that means right like you're gonna get arrested right (laughs) oh my god no rules no rules anymore you can do and say whatever you want to hey it's a free country but you know if you ask the other quote side don't do it on twitter right how dare you how dare you start a contract or shopify or (laughs) pinterest (laughs) pinterest (laughs) yes 4chan you're okay you can do whatever you want but if you come to parlor get out of here yeah parlors did you guys see that post where somebody was like hey we're part of the pardons attorney like yeah (laughs) (laughs) give us all of your information Let us know exactly who you are. You'll get a pardon slash the FBI will be at your door tomorrow. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Okay. Pretty great. Well, let's get in to this episode of Glee, episode 19, Dream On. (laughs) This is where I get to be Rachel Berry. Um, (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) I, I sure hope you were on the elliptical earlier today looking at a piece of paper that just said, like, recording a podcast, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was like getting in the yes. Mm-hmm. yes. 
Uh, on the 19th episode, there's a new school administrator trying to disband the Glee Club. Artie and Tina really want to dance together, despite the obvious. And Rachel gets one step closer to a, her unrealized dream of finding her mom. And that's what you missed on Glee. Glee! We start out in the principal's office, and we immediately get our special guest of the episode. And I immediately knew I was going to lose my prediction. <laughs> uh, yeah, Megan, every episode, Zach creates predictions for what he thinks the next episode is. So he's a... Mm-hmm. Oh, we never even gave Megan the the warning. He's never seen the show before. Ooh, so no spoilers of future episodes, because... Ah, okay. uh, fuck, yes, anything. you're right. He uh, doesn't know what's happening. All right. I but yeah, he gave predictions for this episode. They were okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually stood. I stood in the shower this morning and I was thinking through my predictions in anticipation of recording this episode. And I was like, oh, I just started realizing all the things that I had done wrong because I started connecting all the things that I should have connected. So I've already thought out the next episode. But remind everyone listening at home, what were my three predictions and what was my bonus prediction? So Zach said that someone will sing Dream On. So, you know, that's a prediction. He said Steven Tyler will be in this episode from Aerosmith. (laughs) And then he said Emma will be back in this episode and will be thirsty for Will, which, you know. (laughs) And then he said Shelby Shelby Corcoran will make a reappearance. That was his bonus point that he could get for half credit. (laughs) Yes. All right. All right. But yes, this episode starts out with Neil Patrick Harris, a.k.a. You know, Brian Ryan in this episode, but Tony Winner, amazing person, hilarious, and everything he does is our special guest. Not Steven Tyler. <laughs> right, not Steven Tyler. <laughs> damn these rhymes. Brian Ryan, like, God damn this writing team. I hate them. I hate them all. And this just makes me like furious almost. It almost like it, for a moment, it takes me out of the action because I go, this just can't be real. But. <laughs> Then I realize it's Glee, and that's just how we have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And Brian Ryan's a new member of the school board here to assess how they're spending their money. Um, but Will knew him all the way back from when they were in the Glee Club. The Glee Club. Yeah. Glee Club. Now, they instantly have him doing magic. I feel like in MPH's <laughs> contracts, no matter what he does, at some point, he has to do magic. That or Every show he signs out for, they're like, oh, hey, and can you do that magic thing you do? And he's like, yeah, 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 I got you. Always something with this guy. (laughs) Yeah. Light something on fire, turn it into flowers. Yeah. Duh. Duh. That's, (laughs) I mean, you don't, you don't do that in your daily life. Right. Exactly. And this is where he also calls out what I called out earlier, King's Island. I love when they call out a Midwestern staple. King's Island is an amusement park located in Ohio that every fucking person goes to because for some ungodly reason, people like roller coasters and I fucking hate them. So my question to you both is how much do you hate roller coasters? Um, it depends. It depends because I have passed out on roller coasters before. <laughs> just black out like so, out of fear you know, if there's any g-force i'm just not doing it ah okay mm-hmm. cool so no future nasa astronaut can't uh career for you no but i want to go to space so like <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna have to suck it up and pass out <laughs> i guess so you'll just hey wake me when we get there yeah i'll just be like limp in the seat next <laughs> <laughs> Um, I hate amusement parks unless if there's two options. There's Lagoon in Utah, which is like, I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I was there in, in like my 
primitive years. So like that makes me really love it. Or the Disney parks. Because I think Disney has its own way of making every ride magical. And I rode every ride in Disney World when I was there like a year ago. Yeah, I can see that. See? Well, Disney, we'll well I worked it. for Disney. So I'm like, oh, oh right. Yeah. Disney's cool, I guess. I got to ride the Guardians of the Galaxy update on KTLA. That was interesting. Did you uh, did you work at like Disneyland or I somewhere else? I worked at Disneyland else? because I'm yes. literally in Anaheim. I'm, I'm literally like I could look out my window right now and see like the Paradise Pier Hotel. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, if you look at your window, you can practically see the COVID. Yes, I can basically I see. see all well, of the problematic people. Yes, is Disneyland right. closed? Because <laughs> right. Disney World like reopened. Oh, in... Disneyland's so closed. Like, right, because Disney World reopened and they were like, we don't care. Who wants to come kill their parents? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to kill your grandparents before Christmas? Awesome. Come to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a magical place. Wear a mask. Yes. Uh, and I, in Glee, Neil Patrick Harris likes to relate show choir to him then doing crack, which then leads to him running a Humber dealership, which th- now he also runs a... Sh- the, the love of his life. The love of his life. <laughs> And he runs a show choir conversion group with a re reemergent of um, Molly Shannon. <laughs> yep. Yep. We love. Iconic. And, oh, fuck. Who was the other person? Uh, I don't know his name. I don't know his like, name either. IRL. I can see his face. Yeah. He's in Pitch Perfect as um, one of the people. <laughs> he looks like he would be the one who owns any type of car dealership. You know, he looks like a like a poster child for like used cars. You know, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, he's got the absolutely. Little, like, round face. Got. I think he's got like kind of a receding hairline, right? Go on Wikipedia, type in used car dealership face, and see what you yeah. can. <laughs> right. Uh, who's the first person that pops up? This guy. If anyone's wondering, IMDb gives this episode eight point eight oh, stars. So it's pretty big. Gotta love it for the dramatics, you know. John Michael Higgins. I don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I, I almost called him candle. Donnie Osmond, if that tells you how like bad my memory of who this person was. Like Donnie Osmond. <laughs> Just because he's a middle-aged white man. Yes, a middle-aged white man with brown hair. You're, you're there for Donnie Osmond. <laughs> and lots of wrinkles on his face. Well, also, this whole episode, I'm going to go back and forth between calling him Brian Ryan and Neil Patrick Harris, because I don't know, really, who is who. Honestly, it's just, you got to cement it into the, the <laughs> listeners. There's two different it's the people. Same person. MPH has one <laughs> one role, right? And it's it's the, like, somehow always straight guy that yeah. obviously is not a straight guy. So yeah. that's just, you know. It's like a it's, raging straight guy, too. Like, he, he has to put on a full straight guy show, but really he's doing things that are not straight. Exactly. Right. right. Um, he goes to the choir room and has them write down all of their biggest dreams and then throws their dream away. <laughs> Rips it straight out of Artie's hands. <laughs> As it As should be. This guy's a realist. Him. I appreciate him being a realist and being like, yeah, 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 showbiz. That's not going to happen. Well, he said 91% of them will stay in Allen County, Ohio. And I was like, Zach, are you still in the county that you were in high school in? I actually scrolled down and I said, oh, God, I'm a, I'm a statistic. I'm a goddamn statistic. <laughs> you know what's so funny? That's actually not funny. It's kind of mean. But when I lived in North Carolina, I was like, that's all the people here. <laughs> It's absolutely all the people here. It is. Absolutely. I mean, 
even a lot of my like Megan's and my friends from high school, they're still there. They still I mean, nothing there. wrong like, with it, but no, like, there's nothing wrong with it. But even Matt went back. <laughs> right, our friend Matt like left. He was in like Washington for a while. I think he was in Washington and California. I was in. I went to both. I went to Washington and near where he was, and he still didn't hang out with me. And I was like, rude. Uh, <laughs> Uh, hey, tell tell the people where Dalton and I met when we were working in California to give us jobs, and I will happily leave this hellhole. Okay, <laughs> but um, until then, I'll keep not doing that. Currently unemployed, so can't help you there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as I turned eighteen, I was like, "Peace out, North Carolina. I'm not going to be that statistic." Because <laughs> you were also you were homeschooled at the time, right? So you were like. I, well, I did like, I only had to take two classes. So I did online classes. Okay. Well, our, we had a lot of homeschooler friends, so. (laughs) Don't remind me. (laughs) I, for a while, well, that story's not necessary. I was going to say we had one non-homeschooler friend as our, in our group and she was a terror. And so. Oh yeah. (laughs) She who must not be named. So, so you guys were the prudes, and she was the uh, whoever oh, was no, the no, opposite. No. Dalton and I were the Rachel Berry and the Kurt of the group. So the prudes, yeah, okay. No. I oh I stand uh, affirmed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Th- this girl at one point, um, when gay marriage became legal, I like posted a thing, and I was like. Yay, celebratory, whatever. Her and I had not talked in two years. Messaged me and says, uh, I don't know how you could like this. This is a sin. This is ruining America. Like, how can you say that you're a believer and you like gay people? And I'm like, <clears throat> me. <laughs> me, that's why. I was like, I, I, I queer. <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, what's the little uh, little meme that says like I fag? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that little... the little kid who's just like the little like it's like I'm fag. alien thing. Yeah, <laughs> I fag. <laughs> oh gosh, I've not literally. Seen that. Oh, and Tina and Mercedes immediately get a little depressed because he's like shooting down all their dreams to the point where I think we see Tina cry for the first time. She like cries, but she like holds her head in her face or like her hands, and her hair goes like in her face, all like emo emo because she's a scene kid Mm -hmm. for sure yeah this starts to become like the Artie and tina show out of nowhere which like tbh i like because either the Artie and tina show is going to make you laugh really hard or it's going to make you cry at some point so there was there was a little bit of cringiness at some points with this episode though oh yeah (laughs) and we will get into those glee has cringe in it it didn't age well (laughs) yeah never ultimately Tina wants to dance, right? Mm. And Artie's like, bitch, me too, but look at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's an adequate summary. Yeah, yeah and then those... the, doctor, the doctors are all like, bitch, you thought. And then... <laughs> yeah, Because <laughs> those exactly. legs were not made for walking. <laughs> Honey, uh-uh. those legs are done. <laughs> yes. Might as well pop them off. <laughs> legs smashed. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh God! And then uh, fucking Jesse is back, um, which is where him. I was frustrated. I do too. I like him. This is where I. This is when I stood in the shower this morning and I thought and I said, "Damn it! I should have predicted Jesse because he was singing Jesse's girl last episode," which made me think, "Like, why did I not connect the dots sooner that this yeah. would happen?" And of course, Jesse's back. We have to line up regionals. Obviously, they're going to be they're going to be tied into that shit. So Jesse's back. And he is going to help Rachel find her mom. 
And I really, I really like what he says to her to like cheer her up. And I wrote it down word for word just because I think it's like kind of, it's kind of an inspo moment. Um, But he said, a dream is something that fills up the emptiness inside. The one thing that you know that if it comes true, all the hurt will go away. You singing Don't Cry For Me Argentina in front of a sold out crowd isn't a fantasy. It's an inevitability. And I'm like, the writers did something there. (laughs) It's a very moving moment. Better than Brian Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Zach really hates that it's Kurt and Bert, Finn and Quinn. (laughs) Like, it's all, they're all connected. Ryan and Brian. They got a rhyme. It's like music, you know? (laughs) It's just too, it's too much. Uh, Then we're back to Artie and Tina. And this is where I said this is rough. This is the Uh, saddest (laughs) tap number I've ever seen in my entire life. Not only is it the saddest tap number, but when he, like, Gets the crutches from the kid with cerebral palsy. <laughs> Which, first off, I was like, oh no, I forgot about that. Then he, like, she gets him up for literally two seconds. He's like, it's okay. It's going to be challenging to fulfill my dreams or whatever he says. And then he just falls to the floor and he's like, go away. <laughs> Right. And this is like hard to watch because a, I know, I know IRL, he can walk. So it almost like it starts to go towards what we talked about on the show before where I'm like, is he allowed to be doing this anymore? Like, is this where this show no longer holds up? He can't even hold himself up with his superhuman upper body strength that he has. Like, I just don't understand the point and what he's doing and why did they not cast somebody else? However, asterisk, I will change my tune very soon. I didn't shed a tear, but it was kind of sad, you know, when he fell. You know, I guess he blamed it's, Tina it's, for pushing him too hard because I feel like that's something that you do when you're upset. You blame that's what yeah. he always does. That's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I even I was listening to a podcast this week um, and he was a guest star on that podcast. Kevin McHale, the actor was. And he was like, I loved Glee and Glee, like really um, proud, prided itself in the fact that it pushed the boundaries of what was OK. And he was like, but now it's not OK. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I get that. Because, I mean, like, the, half the shit that Sue says is racist, right? <laughs> <laughs> Most of the things that Sue says is problematic, for sure. But it was great at the time, and still now even yeah. is funny. I mean, it's just yeah, it's like, it is It's too like far. a Michael Scott moment. Like, you take yes. the office, it's, like, cringy, and it's okay. Exactly right. Like it's okay. Cause it's, it's her, it's her character. Like she's, yeah. she's allowed to say that because she is playing the character. And I mean, as bad as it is, it usually adds some comedic effect. Right. It shouldn't, well, she's also but, like meant to be hated. Like they yes, want exactly. you to dislike her. She's supposed right. to be the antagonist of the entire show. Like that is right. her. Yeah. Where really the yep. antagonist is their talent. Um, <laughs> <What's> <laughs> the <specific> issue? <laughs> Really, the antagonist is Matthew Morrison. Matthew Morrison. All right. Megan, did you watch Matthew Morrison in the NBC production of The Grinch? I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) I literally hate it. It's so bad. I want NBC to pay me for having to have watched that. For watching it. Like, give me $10 for that that time that I lost. I didn't even finish it because I was like, I refuse. This is the worst. Also, why was he built like that? He was so thick. I don't, I don't know. It's so bad. Like, it haunted my, like, dreams for real. Like, for, like, a week straight, I would wake up and I was like, I now understand the Matthew Morrison slander that happens on the internet nowadays because this is garbage. 
Um, and then we get to Rachel and Jesse are in some classroom together, and Rachel's trying to convince him that her mom is Patty Lapone. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Or Bernadette, or Bernadette Peters. Peters. Right. Which, One or the other. Which like Patty Lapone is great, but why in the mm-hmm. world would Patty Lapone be your mom? Because even in the 90s, Patty Lapone was famous enough that she didn't need to make, you know, a couple thousand dollars and be a surrogate for someone. What is what yeah. is Patty Lapone even known for? I don't even know. She is a huge Broadway star, Mr. Also, I love Broadway. For those listening at home, uh, <laughs> I just got the worst looks I've ever seen on camera thrown my way, cast in my direction. And then um, she's been in lots of TV shows, too. I mean, she's in Pose right now. She was also in that um, Netflix thing, um, Hollywood. Was what it was called? Oh, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. What is she known for? Give me like Broadway. a standout breakout Broadway. performance here. What, what, what did she? What was her like best one? Well, even last week we brought her up because she sang um, "Rose's Turn" that Kurt uh, sang. Okay, sure. All right. Well, let me. Do, would you like me to pull up? This has been IMDb with. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this is. I'm hinting at your, uh, <laughs> at your, uh, your only uh, bit on this show. She's won two Grammys. Just putting that out oh, there. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, she is known. She's a Jew. Biggest role. <laughs> I, I wish there was an she... app where I could type in a name and almost like the top five, top ten songs that you see on Apple Music or whatever. It tells you like their top build performances. She was in the TV show Life Goes On. She was the main person in that. She was in Driving Never Miss Daisy. Um, she was Fatine and Lemus. Fantine. Oh, so amazing. Um, she was in American Horror <laughs> Story Coven. Ryan Murphy loves her. The he worst really season of American Horror Story. Shut your whore mouth. Get out of here. I don't want any more slander on good things. <laughs> this has been Dalton's attempt at IMDb. I'm trying to think of other musicals that you would know of, Zach. Um, she was Sweeney in. Todd. Sweeney Todd. Oh, my God. Okay. So like Maury, uh, she is not the mother. It's Correct. not her. No, it's not her. Um, And we still don't know who it is (laughs) at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then we go to a bar where uh, Matthew Morrison and Brian Ryan are chilling out. (laughs) You know what I realized before this happens? He's like, for old time's sake. And I'm like, hang on. You guys knew each other in high school. How did you go to the bar for old time's sake? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it was like like hanging out, but they were like arch enemies. Right. Right. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I guess that's just the way of them of him being like, "Come on, Ryan hang out Murphy with me." And be like, "Hello, can you explain?" <laughs> I found a plot hole. It's yes. the worst yeah, thing I've ever seen. Um, in I see episodes, you but... filled the plot hole of where <laughs> Quinn is living at this time, but there I... was like eight episodes of we did not know where Quinn lived. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still don't know. She doesn't sing anymore, so honestly, I don't know what she's doing on the show at this point. Hey, in this Another episode, we got to see stomach. her sing and hold her belly. She doesn't want stretch marks. Nothing. Yeah, True. that's her. That's her dream. That's yeah. what keeps her up at night. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Ryan lets us know that he always wanted to get with Terry, aka Will's ex. Yeah, of all people. Of all people, and it's it's one of those moments where you're like, ah, so he got every girl you wanted, but you got the one that he wanted. So is yeah. your life really that bad? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Brian Ryan confesses that he's always been miserable since he stopped performing. And I'm like, I, I mean, sure. Yes. I mean, this is secret Broadway is, shows. 
This is where I realized that this show, Glee, does one thing well, right? Which is a hero turn. So it's when they kind of flip upside down the dynamic of a character alter ego of sorts, where you think that he's done all these things, just like you thought April Rhodes did all those things. But in reality, they're still jealous of Will or of whoever, just because that person is doing what they actually wanted to do or realize that's what they wanted to do. So yet another hero turn here when Will is doing what Brian wants, uh, doing also including his ex-wife. <laughs> Not and anymore we, though. Oh yeah. Ooh, no more. <laughs> Will's horned up <laughs> right, or whatever. Yeah. Um, sure, and sure. then we get our first performance, which is piano man um, by Billy Joel. Yes. Yes. I had to think for a second. <laughs> It was it was there. Yeah. It, you just weren't confident. And Will singing isn't a war crime for once. It's not. Right. It didn't offend me down to my deepest soul. Yeah. It was. And this is a good like in the moment performance. Yeah. You know, yeah. like we're at a, we're at a place. We're doing a thing, and yeah. you know, we've decided to also sing in front of all these sad Trades. other yeah. extras. The man making yeah. love to his gin and tonic. You know? <laughs> yes. And um, I was like, "There's Tony Winter, Neil Patrick Harris, because he, you know." Right off the bat is like giving you it. The star. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's, it's that, that it's an obvious glee moment of like music brings them together. It's, mm. it's the premise of the show, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. Music is the glue in all of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where we are going to verse stop. And Megan is going to present us with the song of the week. Oh, you know? the song of the week. Mine is actually pretty depressing. Um, oh, God. <laughs> bring I'm us ready. together. <laughs> I've been listening nonstop to Champagne Problems from Taylor Swift's new album. This it's... is an Evermore Stan account, so we're here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Absolutely. It's just so good. And I was like, oh. Fancy shit. Lay the table. Right? It's so good. And that's what I've been obsessed with. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, oh, pretending that I am the heartbreaker instead of the heartbreaky via this song there you mm-hmm. go uh, have you listened to her two new songs on the deluxe edition um yeah probably i i listen to it it's like background noise a lot of the time so i don't register which ones are not on the deluxe album but why yes. did i not gotcha. know there was a deluxe album yeah as of like friday i'm very into 16 uh because it feels like an old school taylor mm-hmm. swift song yeah that like you like could really up in concert to have a lot of poppy vibes to it yeah. or you could really sit down with a guitar and just like have it out yes. you come out right where you left me yes mm-hmm. yeah okay. for sure that one is good well here is champagne problems by taylor swift I would link Champagne Problems to um, The Last Great American Dynasty, and I would also link that, them both, to New Year's Day. Yes. Which is the only yes. good song I've from Reputation. That. Yes, I completely agree. And I've been saying that for so long. And everyone's like, no, all too well. And I'm like, no, no. New Year's Day. I need some. Everybody links like, everything to all too well. They're like, this is this is this is going to be everything. I will say no. there was a all too well and haunted 
like collab that somebody did. It was really good. And even All Too Well to Lover, I would say, yeah. have like a similar thing. But New Year's Day, which, okay, Megan. Best. Will best you will you rank the Taylor Swift <laughs> albums for us? Because this has been a yes. debate oh, on this God. podcast. Okay. Has it? Uh, yes, because I I'll... hate the ones that you like. <laughs> let me, let me, I'm just going to throw them out there and then I'll rank it. Okay. Of like my faves because I think <laughs> Speak Now in Red are one of my faves of the older songs or the older albums. I just think those ones you can listen to every single song on the album and those albums and not be like bored of them. Lovers Hit or Miss, I do like folklore and I do like Evermore because they've got more of that folky vibe. But I think Speak Now and Red are like my top two. If you had to choose one, which one's first? Probably Red, maybe, or Speak Now. Uh, no, wait, hang on. Let me look at the choose one. My favorite album is Red. I think Red is my favorite. It's more of that, like, it's less, uh, I don't know, it's a little more. She's, like, getting closer to that explicit type of music. Right. Because Speak Now was her trying to bridge the country with the pop. And then I think. Right. Red is she's like, I still have this like folky side of me, but I'm also a pop princess. Yes. And I just think every single song on that album is the best. Like all of them. Are I think it's, it's very clear that 1989 is the standout album I that will set her apart. I, I do agree to, to a degree that 1989 is like a standalone. Like this is the kind of revolution for her where things did shift. Yes. But I like Red better. <laughs> Thank you. My <laughs> least favorite album, no offense, Megan, is Speak Now. Really? Yeah. I love Speak Now. But I also loved, like, Enchanted and Haunted, and I liked Speak Now, like, those songs. I think because I was, like, <laughs> all into poppy things back then. Yeah. Reputation is down. So it goes Speak Now is at my bottom, and Reputation is just right above it. <laughs> uh, I'm offended by that. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think... Um, I think the bottom for me is Reputation and then probably Lover. There's only like three songs on that album that I really like. I think Lover might be my lowest. Yeah. I I actually really liked Lover. I think it's because I hated 89 and I hated Reputation. So Lover <laughs> How do gave you me hate some, 89. What? I really did not like it's it, literally, my bottom three are Speak Now, Reputation, and 1989. Oh, my God. Did you not? Like, I, wow. Forever, Apple Music had, like, the exclusive yeah. 1989. And it's, like, a damn good, con- I'm so sad I didn't go to it. Stuff, yeah. Um, yeah. But my least favorite song on 1989, though, is Clean. I hate that song. It's the worst. It almost makes me think immediately of, like, of, of the Hillary Duff. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like, the. Coming Clean. Yeah. yeah. Let the rain fall down. Um. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, if if anyone was wondering, that was my first concert. Oh, Hillary Duff. And yeah, that's you when you knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Lizzie McGuire, best you know TV show. That was so. We were obsessed. We were we were in love with Lizzie McGuire, aka Hillary Duff. Oh, if anyone's wondering, my favorite song from Evermore is "Tolerate It." Tolerate it's good too. I do like closure as well. Mm. I'm way into tis the damn season. 
It's my favorite. Sam Stevenson also is also good. <laughs> there was a, a TikTok where someone was like, "Oh, this is what um, Kim was listening to before she decided to end <laughs> <with> Kanye." <laughs> did she decide, or did Jeffrey Star come in there and fuck it up? <laughs> you know, or did Chris so finally say enough's movies. enough? You guys need to need to get out of this. Well, I mean, also they, they just finished filming the show. Like, the mm-hmm. last day of filming was yesterday, and I wonder if they were like, you can't get a divorce until his contract with E is up. That, or that's a, ser- or that's a serious finale move mm-hmm. by Chris, where that's she's like, stay tuned mm-hmm. for the last season, or you'll watch the divorce yeah. unfold. Yeah. Or they'll Which be is, like, she's brilliant, so I'm all into series. it. It's called uh, Kim. Yes, a spinoff. <laughs> well, and that's yes. what um, Chloe mentioned, and she was like, we all need a break, but I, I don't think this is the end of you seeing us. And I'm like... Give me a Courtney and Chloe take Miami again, because I will fuck shit up. <laughs> I think there's just going to be little like one-off, one-hour, you know, specials where it's like catch up on our live. It, like, like forever, Little People, Big World was like oh, season, yeah. season, season, and then it went away. They had specials, and then they came back for a full-on like series again, and then it focused on the kids. So I think that's something that could easily happen. Well, and you know what's hey, not uh, easily happening is uh, getting back to this episode. <laughs> The pop culture references just went like full. <laughs> Although there. real fast to take us right back out of it, um, I do need some folklore recommendations because I feel like I listened once and then never touched it again. Oh and really? Yet, I'm really? In, I'm into Evermore, um, and I'm like I don't understand. I, I, I mean, folklore is better than that. Evermore, but or oh, Evermore is better than wow. folklore. Sorry, sorry. Evermore sorry. is oh, better. I like okay. Exile and Cardigan okay. are my favorite songs on. Okay. Right. Uh, Exile's one of my favorite songs on it, and then um, Betty's good I like, too. I like August Exile. Oh, my tears ricochet too. That my tears oh, ricochet. I forgot that about that sit song. Sit in your shower yes. and let the rain fall down. Yes, <laughs> yes. Also, like Hillary Duff, let the yes. rain fall down. Um, yes, I that that is actually I forgot that's my favorite. August is good too. Anything by Jack Antonoff, I'm like you know, as they say, here for. Okay, back into the show where again, out of nowhere. It's the fucking Artie and Tina special. Okay. I like it. Okay. <laughs> it's nonstop. Uh, Artie is apologizing to Tina for being such a dick the previous day. Um, and Tina's like every single Artie <laughs> arc ever. He's a little bitch. He's sit down the, in that wheelchair and be sad. Okay. He is. He truly is it's surprising. Honestly. And then Tina yeah. gives Artie hope for, by giving him research on technology for paralyzed people. Right. She's like, I went to Mayo Clinic just like Dalton did at the top of this episode, and I know everything. Also, we all have cancer because we have headaches. And I'm also sitting here and I'm like, um, isn't this problematic? Isn't that like a whole thing that like at the time was kind of a thing? Like, how do we fix our diseases? And now it's like, you should just love whatever you have and not try to fix it, I guess. Is, is that a thing? <laughs> Acceptance? Well, I get I, I get this mainly from, like, we've talked about before on this podcast, my experience with the deaf community. It was a huge thing for a while for, like, everyone who's deaf was going to get a cochlear implant so that they could, you know, have some sort of sense of hearing. And then it, and now it's like, no, this is my community and this is the people that I'm spending time with, I guess. Yeah. And obviously, like, being deaf is different <clears throat> from being paralyzed, but. Right. Well, I think the okay, thing sure. with that, though, is wasn't already, didn't he have, a, wasn't he in an accident? Yeah, he was in a car accident. He, he wasn't was in born a car like accident. That. Yeah, so I think that's the difference, though, is he didn't grow up, like, he wasn't mm. born with this. That's true. So, like, that that is something, I don't know, I related to, like, if you've watched Grey's Anatomy. Obviously. With, like, Arizona, when she loses her leg. Yes. Like, that. Uh, 
it's like that yes. where she she's not I mean they're working so hard like Callie's like oh look at there's like this whole new study and she's like all pissy about it but yeah. the end of the best marriage in Grey's Anatomy history due to a fucking leg being cut off I know it's so <laughs> stupid <laughs> So what you're saying is this is a Maybelline situation out as instead of a maybe she's born with it. Yes. Maybe it's Maybelline. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. And okay. so he needs Perfect. that Maybelline part to make him feel like he's not just born with it and stuck with it forever. Right. Absolutely. And Rachel cool. wasn't born with a mom. A mom. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel was born with bitchiness. Let's be real. There's Both no Rachel and that. Leah Michelle. Let's, <laughs> let's connect the dots. So, you no, know, I think what happened was Leah Michelle was so into method acting that she forgot who she was and became Rachel Berry. Rachel, Rachel Berry. Berry. By shitting in someone's wig. Yes. Um, yeah. Rachel and Jesse are checking old boxes of stuff to try to see if there's something about her mom in there. Something about Patty Lapone in there. And then, and then Jesse looks at a fucking sonogram, ultrasound, whatever it is, right? <laughs> looks at the picture and goes, Oh, I think it's, I think you're in fifth position. What the fuck? <laughs> She's like, yeah, it looks is like you. So- <laughs> Like, what is happening? I don't... God, what? No, I don't understand. I hate that. Okay. But Jesse slips in a cassette tape titled From Mother to Daughter into one of the boxes. Um, and he's like, whoa, where did this come from? Whoa, pull it out of my pocket. Oh, no. Look yeah, it. out of my... Why, why do I have a front pocket? <laughs> wow. He yeah. Dressed perfectly that Ugh. day. Uh-huh. But Very Rachel strategic. was too scared to listen to it just in case her mom sings better than her. <laughs> Which absolutely sounds about right. I mean, yep. That's isn't that all our greatest fear is that if we watch, we listen to a video, our mom is going to sing better than us. Exactly. That's my, my honestly yes. my deepest fear is that my mom is just talented. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there. So unlike Finn, she might have a range. Oh my god. <laughs> no more Finn hate. <laughs> Fortunately, this episode we were blessed with zero Finn performances. In the last episode, I compared no. Finn singing Jesse's Girl to the actual Jesse's Girl, and they sounded almost exactly they the do. same. He's- because that's what computers do. It's amazing. You throw one T pain in there, okay, and like it's fine. <laughs> okay, um, so then we get uh, tryouts, right? Which is the kind of resolution to their getting a beer. They've decided to go try out for Les Mis. And it turns out they've basically stole each other's song. And I finally get a prediction correct because it's time to sing Dream On. <laughs> they being Will and, and uh, Brian. Yes. <laughs> Just for plot's sake, he is, they're both auditioning for Jean Valjean and Les Mis. And yes. uh, also, Zach and I are big fans of Les Mis. So. I love Les Mis. I was obsessed with it. For like when, when Nick Jonas came out and did that, the, the live recording, I was like, yeah. Okay, you just you just really got Dalton's hopes up because he you just said when Nick Jonas came out and you stopped for a second. <laughs> like, do, do you want to go ahead and go off but camera honestly, and wipe your that'd be jewel than off? A, yeah, I, than yeah. <laughs> Priyanka or whatever her name is. Oh my god, yeah, Priyanka Chopra. Yeah, um, we all know that he and Sean Mendes are hooking up. Um, <laughs> Sean oh, that is the that is the porn <laughs> account that we will all one day follow. <laughs> <laughs> They're only fans. Uh, <laughs> yes. Like I was, how much would we pay for that? Uh, probably a lot. <laughs> if, if NBC would like to redeem themselves from the atrocities that were the Grinch, they should do a Les Mis live. Ooh, yes. With actual singers and not, I, 
my biggest pet peeve is when they pick like actresses who can barely sing, but they just do it yeah. because they're like well known. Where are we at? Oh, they're doing this performance. They're singing Dream uh, On. Yet another duet from uh, Will and MPH. So, yeah, it's, hey, once again, MPH proves he can sing anything, and it will be better than the original. Okay, so when I was growing up, this song, this episode happened, and I was with um, a family friend, and I was like, hey, I think this was better than the Aerosmith version. And I was sent to my room for being (laughs) disrespectful. (laughs) To a family that's called, friend. That's called a homophobia, I think. Actual homophobia. Yes. I was like, what? She was mad at me. Like, mad. Wait, a family friend was she able was to so dictate mad at your punishment? That, no, she was mad at me, so then my parents sent me to my room in timeout for punishment. That's rude. Of that. How dare they? Huh. Who do you think sang better? Neil, Neil Patrick, Patrick Harris. Harris five it's just more palatable. Or J-Lo. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, all the way. Again, J-Lo's a dancer. Did y'all, uh, did y'all see that video, though, where it was so clearly her lip syncing? Yes. She's a performer. You know, it's like any Super Bowl, right? You're there to watch the performance. Right. Never to yeah. hear the like actual Lady vocals. Gaga well, throwing herself. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I do think I'm almost positive that every New Year's Eve performance is a lip sync, similar to how Macy's yes. is always a lip sync. So, like, I'm not attacking J-Lo. I just thought it was funny that she couldn't even, like, lip sync well. Right. Well, I think a lot of televised performances are lip synced because it doesn't sound good on live TV because they've got their in-ears in and, like, it's just not working. We all right. saw it, Maroon 5 at the Super Bowl. I yeah. pushed Well, it's almost brain. unfair. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost unfair, too, because there's a tape delay, you know. Right, exactly. They have to have, so there's something that I think also fucks with the video and audio anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have that happening. There's like there's just too many mics and cameras and too many actions for that ever to actually work out the right way. Which is actually why Mariah's meltdown happened the way it did, because mm-hmm. she was she literally had a lip sync track going in her ears, and she's like being Patti LaBelle and being like, where are my background singers? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Doomed to fail from the start, yeah. you know? Um, I do have a hot take. The reason I hate men in vests and only vests is because of Will. I <laughs> That is my hot take of this episode. So I you're saying if Will did not exist, you would be into men who just wore <laughs> vests all the no, time? No, I think I just have this deep hatred for it. Like, I wouldn't hate it as much as I do, you know? That makes sense. It's, it's like, I look at it and it just makes my blood boil. Like any man who's wearing a vest without a jacket over it, done. I hate you forever. <laughs> uh, yeah. You don't want to see that cinched in the back, no, you know? Exactly. That needs to be and a secret, also, like, an undercover vest. His, his V-neck, I was like, come on. <laughs> that was the year that V-neck, like, I mean, even it's still people wear V-necks. V-necks. So this performance is, it's fine, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's better than the original. It is, again, MPH can sing anything. Of course he can. And he literally upstages, you he know, literally has will, the high ground. Yes. Once or twice mm-hmm. in this performance. And I mean, we're into it, but like, could you have watched that performance and picked a clear lead? I don't know. Yeah, I get that. And I think what that performance really made me want to do is go buy tap shoes at the mall. It's oh God. Okay. Hold on. Paint me a picture. We're at the mall. Okay. Yeah. And I love, though, I, I love hate when, you know, Tina says something. And he's like, yeah, 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 make me a sandwich, woman. So she goes to get him a Wetzel's pretzels, an Annie Ann's. Annie Ann's. Right? Yeah. It's the only thing you do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all you do when you go to a mall. And it's, it's Cinnabon. That, 
And ass- exactly. Thank you. You've, you took the words you have to out of my mic. 2000 calories when you're at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because you should be a sorry that you're there. B getting in and out as soon as possible. Uh, Orange County. It's a goddamn pandemic. I was going to say C getting goddamn COVID. Pangea. Right. Uh, gosh darn pan pizza. <laughs> yes. So we're at the mall. He's waiting for his pretzel or not. Then he's suddenly inspired. And I, for a second, more than a couple seconds, I was like, oh, fuck. Glee over here is going to play off this wheelchair out of nowhere. And he's going to be a standing actor from this point going forward because of this magical healed malady. He was on hydrochloroquine for one day and it cured his legs. Okay. (laughs) He drank some bleach and cured him like that. Immediately. Tina, thanks. Thanks for doing my doctor's job. My doctor's job and saying, hey, let me recommend some specialized therapies for you. And they worked. Holy shit. And we get what I can only describe as a flash mob to the song Safety Dance um, with Artie as the lead singer and dancer of this flash mob. And I always forget how short Kevin McHale is because you see like Mike Chang there looking hot as hell. And like Heather Morris. Heather Morris is taller than him. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's just. I just I don't know if I can count this as a performance of sorts. It's just a dance number. But right? he's singing. Like, it it's is like Kevin McHale's flash mob thing where he's singing. It's 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 singing, but like it's you know obviously I always complain. There's auto tuning or whatever. This is like not really singing though. This is like electronic, it's like you know, yeah. like dubbing of sorts, right? right? So it's I don't know, but this is where my tune changes, right? I'm all mad and I'm mad or whatever, but then this happens and I go, oh, that's the reason to have an actor play a part in a wheelchair. So that there can be envisioned dreams or otherwise take place where they are dancing or whatever it might be. Because I have to imagine that person of whatever, you know, illness they might have, that probably does happen. They probably envision that, especially like you said, if they were in an accident at some point and they used to be able to walk. I still have full control of my penis. Um, (laughs) Yes, that too. (laughs) Then we get to Sue's office because we have to see... We've seen Jane Lynch once every episode. Fun fact, it's, Jane Lynch it's is the only character who is in every episode, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I thought we missed one episode no, early she's, on. I remember I looking at it, and it. I think she's the only one who's in every... Her and Rachel, I think, are the only two that huh. are in every episode. Oh, no. So there's five people who are in every episode. Chris Colfer, Kurt, Jane Lynch, Sue, Leah Michelle, Rachel Berry, Matthew Morrison, Will Schuster, and then Kevin McHale. Artie's in every sure. single episode? I didn't think he was, but he's credited on uh, IMDb as being in 121 episodes, which is all of them. I mean, last episode, he literally was there for two seconds, sitting in the background, nodding his head or something. So, (laughs) you know, he showed up to work that day. Fine. He got paid. Good boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're in Sue's office, and I get the vibe from this that Sue might have had Neil Patrick Harris come to the school just to get rid of the Glee Club. Like, he wasn't going to come there unless if she was like... Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to come? Uh... Oh, absolutely! Right, because she's always she's always trying to be two steps ahead of Will. Mm-hmm. Always, yes. Even even though she has like airdrops of her cheerleaders into the, <laughs> the football field, <laughs> and her and Neil Patrick Harris go have anger sex. Yes, yes. Not... After he tells her he's going to cut her program. Yes, 
Yes. She's like, you win some, you lose some. Didn't, okay, correct me if I'm wrong here. In this scene, is Brian slash MPH, is he not telling her that he just got the lead of the performance or of the Mm. musical? No, he's just saying he auditioned. That's I thought he was saying something like you. I think he says something like you may not know this, but I'll be the lead here soon. It made me think that he had gotten it. Oh, it made me. And then almost Sue almost like, took arrogance. it away later. Yeah, it could be. Sure. Okay. I don't think he actually then, got it. I think he just assumed he was better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we see Jesse St. James running into a car in a parking lot, looking very wet and very and the, the um, rain that came out of nowhere. Yeah, but he's looking kind yeah. of uh, spicy. He is looking spicy. He's all the way back in uh, Carmel, uh-huh. where, you know. He had to go the, from Ohio uh, to Indiana. I mean, who knows yes, the weather differences? Ex- ex- <laughs> honestly, and I mean, I, I bought into that instantly. I said, that's how it is here. Absolutely. He had to go back to Vocal Adrenaline and say, hey, here's what's happening. And we finally get confirmation that he is practically a spy and trying to get in good graces with her, um, but he was doing it as an acting performance, you know? Like, well, and we find out that he was a spy not to ruin New Directions, but mm-hmm. to get Shelby Corcoran, who is Rachel's mom, in contact with Rachel. And Zach, did you see that coming? No. I, I saw Shelby and I said, oh, bonus prediction, yes. Half a point, as I was as I was promised. But also I said, but wait, there's more. Who knew? Like, I, you know, I... That maybe was an obvious prediction, but I don't know. I don't think so. It just, I, I don't think they ever really give you any real signs that Shelby is Rachel's mom until this mm-hmm. very moment. So we're, because Rachel never really mentions that she wants to know who her mom is until mm-hmm. this right. moment. That's what I couldn't see coming. And then I was like, oh my God, Will was almost your second daddy, you know, <laughs> or third daddy, actually. She tried to fuck her dad. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> she really did Ew. almost try to... F- oh, my God. Ew. It's all connected. Uh, but once Rachel finds out... We find out there's, like, separate stakes going on, right? That once Rachel finds out that Shelby is her mom, Jesse will then leave and return to Vocal Adrenaline for regionals. Yes, but he did say that he kind of liked her now. Because so. <laughs> you told yeah. me to seduce her. <laughs> Way to get attached. Yes, exactly. And yeah. just like you've been attached to hearing us talk... We're going to detach you while we go to this break. Okay. Do you guys have like social media for it too, right? Yeah, we do. Um, it's at Atwamog. It's all of our social medias. I mean, I only use TikTok. I don't use my other social media anymore. But well, yeah, that's we're considering doing a TikTok, but it's um, it's just more work for me because by we're considering doing a TikTok, I mean I'm I was considering say, doing I a TikTok. TikTok. I have not been privy to any of those discussions. Um, <laughs> my contract is uh, as at the moment it's limited to one season, so. <laughs> Uh, well, even our Twitter, I will go on there and be like, new episode coming out, and then I won't tweet again for like a month. Because <laughs> it's just, yeah. Twitter's well, so just a lot to like keep up with. You have to like make it your personality at that point. Right. <laughs> Cause yeah, I don't know how to. The Instagram has been fit, full, like. Effectively. And I'm going to repeat this on the podcast so everyone knows, because this will say in the podcast. We are a Kristen Chenoweth approved podcast. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> she liked one of our Instagram posts. 
No way. Yeah. What? See? That's so cool. <laughs> it was the episode, it was in the roads not taken, the uh-huh. April Road story. Incredible. And she literally liked the photo I tagged her in. So that's amazing. She's amazing. I think that Instagram is the only way to get any type of traction for a podcast, either visually like you've been doing, especially for a TV show mm-hmm. where you have clips or images or, you know, whatever it might be to illustrate a point. So, right. yeah. But I will say I we're kind of- increasing listeners and I can tell that it's listeners we don't know, mm-hmm. which is like exciting because there's like listeners in other countries and states that we don't live in or that we've never been to. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we're somehow getting traction from yeah. people. So we get back to Emma's office, and I guess Artie has decided to set up some appointments with her to help acclimate his new lifestyle when he starts walking again. Now, do I get any type of pointage here because Emma's no. back? No. You said I she was going to be back prediction. and be thirsty. She wasn't thirsty Yeah, I think it was Emma's back, comma, and she's thirsty. Mm, I'm point. not giving it to you. <laughs> you oh, Megan says half a point. I say zero, point. so let's give you a point two five. There we go. Half of a half a point. Perfect. I'll, I'll take my point two five. Okay, so I'm at one point seven five uh, points right now. Yep. Wonderful. Perfect. I'll take great. it. <laughs> um, and then Emma assures him that she thinks that one day there will be a cure for what happened to him, but it will not be for a very, very, very long time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. Write it down, and then I'll throw it away. <laughs> I will say that yeah. I think it's a very real moment in the show. Like I don't think the show has a lot of those. Like it's it's and it's happy and crazy for a reason but this was like I was thinking about it I was like that's a really good way for her to put it like even though he took it the completely wrong way he took it so negative she was like this isn't realistic but you know maybe in the future you'll have a chance it's like she wasn't tearing him apart she was like trying to be positive in a helpful manner which I really enjoyed which I think is kind of the nice side of the character of Emma. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like she, most of her moments do have some sort of redeeming value something to them. To them, yeah. I think she's a good, I always liked her addition to the, to the show. I always thought that she kind of brought it down to earth a little bit at times, which was nice. And also they took it in a manner where like the school counselor isn't a crazy person or like mean <laughs> or crazy, you know, like that's, I feel like that, that arc right. is known in the tv realm as like yeah they can be really mean or it's always like really downer like type moments where i think she's more trying she's trying to be upbeat uh so then we're in the we get to the choir room and nph stole all the money from the cheerios and gave it to the new directions for jean jackets the dazzled jean jackets <laughs> and tear away True. Dance clothes. <laughs> Kurt was excited about the jean jacket, though. He was. He got up It can help his fast. terrible fashion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did not do him justice well, uh, with those looks. I'm surprised Finn didn't jump up because of his mom's only attire is uh, denim denim wear. I don't think he was in this scene. I, I don't think really he was don't. either. I don't remember seeing him. Because the show has realized how no. wasteful no. his time is no. on screen. How dare you talk about somebody who is deceased like that? <laughs> I Literally, the first okay. episode Zach goes, just so y'all know, I talk shit about the dead. <laughs> that was like the first <laughs> episode of our podcast. <laughs> right. Roll over in your grave. Sue comes in to celebrate that Will got the lead in Les Mis. He is Jean Valjean. As she's and... having out the programs as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, right. what musical prints their programs when they announce their cast? No, none. That's okay. That's what I was... Negative five. <laughs> Negative five out of a hundred. Um, 
the thing is, it's like, did she do that on, like, did she have, because obviously, like, she had to have had some kind of input for that. Because right. Because once she found out that Brian Ryan was trying out, she's like, well, then I gotta go. And, you know, what did she do? Seduce the director? Like, <laughs> Yeah, who was a dry cleaner, and then she's like, oh, my Cheerios use him. And I'm like, no, the Cheerios use in a, a dry cleaner in Italy, we found out. They, like, get them done overseas. So, no, no, just, just her tracksuits. Oh, just her tracksuits. Ryan Murphy things to tell him. Like, hey, Ryan Murphy, you yes. found another plot hole? So I'm like, is this a plot hole, or is this her being like, I actually did step in and fuck shit up? Because right. I think she stepped in. I think, I think she, she stepped she in. I think she did that. Because Absolutely. The, the only time she would ever announce something as good for Will is if it's bad for him in reality. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, it's to pit him against the other. And because of this, MPH takes away what he gives. He takes away. Um, and he's now going to cut the Glee department because why not? That's, you know, retribution. And then to save the Glee club, to save the Glee club, he gives Brian Ryan his part in Les Mis. Yes, but first, we get a great performance. Rachel finally decides to listen to the tape. Yes. yes. With some help from Jesse. With some yeah, pushing from Jesse. Yeah, he comes and he like, puts it in her little boombox. He, he put it in her boombox, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Good for Jesse. He got further than Finn did, you know? Um, so, yes, like she listens. And it turns out, in fact, Idina can sing better, <laughs> or Shelby can, her mom can sing better than Rachel Berry. But we get a duet. I was, was going to say, this performance was like peak for me. I was at whatever yes. age I was in 2009, I don't remember. But um, that was like my, because I was also a singer growing up, and I was like classically trained. So that was like my song. I was like, this is beautiful. They made it a duet. I think I, in singing lessons, like made my singing teacher like, teach me that song because I was like oh it's so beautiful like and we did like the duet with somebody else (laughs) it's like a pinnacle for me like that that is my high school's that song like that's that's all I remember and I I dreamed a dream has never been a duet I think before that like I've never heard anyone do that so this is like a pretty like groundbreaking moment also with powerhouse Idina Menzel and also powerhouse Leah Mm -hmm. Michelle who give yeah. either of them a Broadway vocal, you're going to get it's, chills. So oh yeah, it's beautiful. The harmonies and the melodies, like everything put together is just, it's, it's literally my favorite Glee rendition out of everything. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if Zach would like this. Cause he kind of hates when there's scenes where they're singing in their head, but it, like they're on oh, stage, but the right. whole thing's happening in their head. Like it's he, not ha- real. he hates yeah. that moment. So I wasn't sure if, what do you think Zach? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like, it seems like it's a it's an okay moment for a stage thing because it's explained as if it's as if she's hearing it that way as if she's seeing it that way like in her mind as opposed to just randomly being on stage. I didn't expect her to join the performance like she did, but it's still With like her mom topping her. <laughs> yeah, it's still like a, it's still a good performance and I mean this is my I don't know if I've ever told you this, but this is my my go-to, like if you're ever just like in a weird mood, and I think this is what really made this song kind of take off, but if you're ever in a mood, you go back and saved on my phone in some recesses in some dark alley, there is the Susan Boyle performance from Britain's Got Talent or whatever that you know show is where she sings uh, 
I Dreamed a Dream. Mm-hmm. And it's like the perfect, like, you just need to feel something song. You go watch that. You watch the reactions. You watch the performance. You watch the way it's edited. And for some reason, like, it'll just give you instant tears. And I think that's what made this song really get incredibly popular. Right. Well, I think there's there's so much power to the words. And if you know the story, it's like just yeah. that in itself. And I think it's I also... Have, yeah. um... No, what were you saying? Oh, I was just gonna say I, I think it's also slightly like there's relatable aspects to it. I have something yeah. similar to that, Zach. For me, it is on America's Got Talent, Brian Justin Crumb singing Creep by Radiohead. It's like I guess neither of you know what I'm talking about, but it is like no it enough. is you know, Creep is like not a slow song. I right. mean it's like kinda slow, but it like but he takes Creep yeah. and he makes it this like theatrical, like would be on Broadway performance of Creep. And sure. it like tears yeah. every time. I think mine is oh, was the voice. I think there was somebody who sang Hallelujah on the voice, and it's like it's beautiful, oh. and it's my favorite. I know there's so many there's so many covers of it, but it's yeah. like it just gave me chills watching it. But also, yeah, it's like a round robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get to Artie and Tina having another moment. Um, and Artie's kind of like, I will never dance again and it's fine, but you need to find someone else to do your dance number with. Cause it ain't going to be me, sis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he, she's like, well, will you at least sing? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Does. Um, so then of course, Will does trade his lead performance to keep the Glee Club alive. Yay, raw. Will saves the day. Good boy. Cause he wants to trade his performance to let the other 13 performances allow, let their stars shine, blah, blah, blah. Yay, raw will. We're back in the choir room, and Tina yep. has created a breakout dance performance with Mike Chang for them to use at regionals, a.k.a. Asian and other Asian are going to be our, uh, <laughs> our tap dancers this episode. Yes, and I was on the edge of my seat as Mike stood up. And I was like, oh, he's finally going to have a speaking role. Like, this is his time to shine. <laughs> he's like, just no, there to still look pretty and dance. The only representation okay. you get from the Asian community. Just yes. Mike Chang and Tina. Still Tina's. no speaking role. They're not main he's characters. He's just like, oh, that's me. They're just going right. to sprinkle that's, it in. Yeah. So they don't seem. Yep. Just little props. Yeah. And then we get yep. Dream a Little Dream, which makes me realize that I think two thirds of the songs in this episode are about dreaming. There's even, yeah, yeah, I guess there's also, Oh, I forgot what the song was. There's another song about dreaming that they have under like the conversation. It's like underscoring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See all the dreams, all the dreams, all the dreams. This final performance, I would say is cute, but kind of boring. Yes. I remember watching it for the first time and I was like, this is underwhelming. And I think the problem is, is they took tap dancing and didn't make it what they could have made it. Right. And also the last song of the episode tends to be some like big ish number that that we go out on. And I think it could have been, I dreamed a dream. Like they could have let that be the last song. And like we closed out then if they like reshuffled the scenes, but they didn't. Yeah. I agree. Like, I think Wait, to- what do you mean? Like, Total Eclipse of the Heart ended the episode. Yes. Amazing ending. Um, Didn't this song end the episode? Right, but I'm saying this song sucked. 
<laughs> which made the, which I think made it oh sure more still ended the episode right but I'm saying if they had made yeah. I dreamed a dream in the episode then I think this might have been less lackluster of a performance right if it was that, like a middle performance or if they had taken oh, the song gotcha. yes, yes, yes. and yes. changed it somehow because it's literally just the solo for most most of the song like there's no yeah it's and Kevin McHale isn't the best singer so it's just not. It's underwhelming with the dancing and the singing. Like, there's no breakout moment that you're waiting for. Right. Right. Yeah. You're just kind of like, yes, he's all up in his feelings still about not being able to dance. And she's chosen Mike to dance because that's the only option, basically. And that's his job, clearly, on the show is to be the dancer. And that's all he does and never talks. Right. It's just kind of like, it's, I, and I almost always think this is true. I think the last song is usually pretty blah. Like, it never <laughs> makes our top list. It, I mean, it has it, right? Uh, like, we always pick a different one. The last episode, the last song was... Oh, it was not good either. It was the U2 song. Oh, yeah. Right. It's always just kind of like a popular, like, everyone knows it, and it kind of, like, gives everybody, like, a nice little palate cleanser. Like, cool, the show's over, but it's never related. But a, it's always Eclipse weird. of the Heart was both of our favorite songs of the episode. Total Eclipse of the Heart, when it was Jesse and Rachel. Oh, that's a good one. Did they did that end the show? Yeah, it ended the show. Uh, outlier. So at that point, it's just very like it's meant to just be like a bookend, but it never really. I don't. It's not really ever attached too much. It's kind of just like, hey, we found one more song that had the word dream in it, <laughs> and we're gonna tack it on here at the right. end. But you'll actually never see this performance again. So why are we adding all these theatrics to it? Well, because it technically never becomes a regional performance or whatever. Right. Well, it's supposed to be like part of their regionals practice. Right, but because sure, yeah. they have costumes and all yeah. that stuff. But I think what right. would have made it's it just, yeah. at least a little bit better is maybe if they'd taken parts where, like, when Tina and Mike Chang are dancing, maybe they could have sang together, and it could have been like that moment of like already, but like, oh, that that could have been me. I could have been singing with her, but like here I am singing this song by myself. You know, right? Or yeah. if they like interluded something where it right. was like he watching them practice and whatever, or which it was just like not that. Even taking that dreamlike state again of him like changing the scene and being him dancing with her as like that's what he dreamed. Ah, uh, like, that would have been perfect. Yeah, because we know he yes. can walk. Exactly. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. They, you know, it's that, and then it's like, but in his head or in you know, like everyone else fades away. He's on stage just with her dancing. Uh, Yes, that would have been a perfect bookend that tied it together. Mm -hmm. Yes. Otherwise, it falls flat. It's a waste of time. And I literally tapped my remote like, is this over yet? (laughs) What's the timestamp? You know, like, oh, okay, good. This is the last shit I have to watch. Yep. Well, um, Zach, we were talking about that every episode has a focal vocal performance. Would you think the focal vocal here is dream on or I dreamed a dream? For sure, I dreamed a dream. Even though the episode is called Dream On? Yeah, only because it gave me character development that I didn't expect, and that Rachel unknowingly finding her mom. And um, also, we know who the mom yeah. is. I love dramatic irony. Maybe my favorite thing that TV shows ever do. And the fact that yeah. we know who her mom is, but she doesn't know, that right. really gets me. Yeah. Right. And it just paints and it kind of feeds into my predictions, but it, it paints like uh, it sets up something right where she has heard her voice now. And like, is it that that allows her to realize who that is? Or is it, you know, like, what could it possibly be another performance? I, I don't know. But there's something there that like easily feeds into a future realization. Well, Megan, what was your favorite song from this episode? I feel like you know the answer to this, but (laughs) 
Definitely, I dreamed a dream. Like I said, like that is absolutely that is like that. That song was the identifier of my high school life or whatever. I don't remember years was, but um, like that. That I was song, in eighth grade. Okay, then so I was you were a probably... freshman. Yeah, I think that was like a key moment for me, and that is the one. Like this episode, that's why I picked this episode to guest star on because like this, that song was so it like shaped who I was. So I think that's my favorite song and moment of this entire episode is that entire scene. Just, and the, the, they're both powerhouses. I think, <laughs> I think I don't like, I don't like Will Schuster. So I'm like, I, I don't really <laughs> care about him. Neil Patrick Harris is great, but like, he just pisses me off. Because so <laughs> this song is supposed, or the show is supposed to be about the Glee Club, not Will, you know? So the whole time I'm like, okay, this gives us a monumental moment for Rachel. It gives her kind of a redeeming quality as well because she's normally such a bitch. Like you look at her and you're like, ugh. <laughs> um, but in this, you actually feel something for her because she's like, she's looking for something to give herself. Like she wants more understanding of who she is. For sure. It is my favorite as well <laughs> of the episode. Zach. Of, of course it's this one. <laughs> I mean, like it takes, it doesn't, well, okay. Dream On was good. It doesn't take a lot. This was. Yeah. It it does take a lot to upstage Neil Patrick Harris, right? Mm -hmm. Like to have him on an episode and to not just think it's going to be all about him because they have to kind of get their money's worth or, you know, give him something to stretch and, you know, just do well at because he does everything well. But then to have Idina as well kind of come in and usurp that a little bit and, Totally, I think just have a performance that is going to be blow away no matter what you do. So at that point, I for sure I agree that is the vocal vocal. It's our favorite. It's it's all the above. And the next episode is theatricality, which is one of my favorite episodes in all of Glee. It's a good one. <laughs> cool, uh, Zach. What are your three predictions? If anyone's wondering, Zach only got one point seven five points this last time. Uh, so we're kind of going back more, down again. <laughs> more more than half, I'll say. Uh, luckily, I had an extra prediction in there. So my predictions are, number one, Rachel learns about Shelby because of hearing her voice on this track. And additionally, Jesse's betrayal in that how they got together in the first place was all kind of a lie. That's number one. Two, Finn returns to focus because he was very out of focus this episode. And his only redeeming moment is going to be him comforting Rachel about the realizations that she has. And three, the Glee Club tackles at least one Broadway tune because it's called theatricality. So I'm wanting some theatrics. I'm wanting some stage situations. I want something that happens to play in, and I will be furiously researching every song, hoping at some point it stood on stage so I can get my goddamn point. <laughs> there you go. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love, 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 love this next episode of Glee. It is... It's good. Okay, I just won't make any more predictions the rest of the season, and those three can be attached to the last couple episodes, and I feel at least one of those, or all of those actually, is probably going to come true as we reach the finale. Um, I I will say that you you made a prediction. Um, so <laughs> you, you made a prediction. You. I do what I can. Great job. You thought. I will, 
<laughs> I will put the crystal ball back into its case and, you know, let maybe, it ride. Baby. Maybe keep it there for a while. <laughs> to the point where, like, I will listen to some of the songs from this episode because they're that good. Like, just cool. for shits and gigs sometimes. So They are good. There's... Um, I've got a few of them hidden deep down in my Glee playlist on Spotify somewhere. <laughs> See? All right. Well, Megan, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're very happy to have, have you today. Yeah. And thanks. thank you all for listening today. And Megan, you, if you haven't heard yet, because we forgot to give you the uh, beginning part, so we'll give you the end part. As the tax for being on the show, you do have to go to, just like all the just all like all like the listeners have to do, you have to go to the iTunes page and uh, give us five stars right. and leave a rating <laughs> that, that says now. how much you love the show. Because, you know, that's allegedly how people find us. And our only way of doing that is by uh, paying people who are on the show <laughs> by making them do things for us. That's, you know, come on. Yes. Absolutely. Leave us five stars. And Megan... Yes. Where can everyone find you if they would like to follow you? Well, I don't really use my social media anymore, but if you want to follow me on TikTok, it's Megan, not Megatron. <laughs> it's an inside joke. <laughs> and you can find you can find her TikTok down in the description below as well. And you can also find all of our Outmog social media down there too. Go don't forget to go ahead and give us a follow down there. And we will see you next time. Because you've no longer missed it, we just told you, and that's what you missed on Glee. <laughs>